Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Darwin's Triple Crown is still two races. But really looking forward to getting getting out on the track there and looking forward to going to Darwin. It's a nice place. It's good to get out of Melbourne and get into some warm weather. The Ipswich 300 is three. And the Gold Coast announces more international drivers. I've watched some of the some of the YouTube of the races down there, and uh, I think it's a really good place for me. It's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing: V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Melbourne-based teams struggled this week to get their team members to Darwin as the Chilean volcanic ash cloud caused havoc for Melbourne-based teams. This caused HRT to send their team members to Sydney by bus so they could fly from the harbour city. Other teams continued to monitor the flight situation, waiting till the last minute to secure their flights to the top end. Kelly Racing is hoping to find their form with Todd Kelly, a two-time winner at the Northern Territory event, looking to turn his season around. We've really learnt a bit from the last two rounds. Uh, we had an OK round at Hamilton and then we've had two bad rounds and and uh, Hamilton was too long ago to, to kind of ride on that and we've sort of got our, our lips on the ground with uh, how we've gone at Perth and at Winton so... It is very important for us to try and turn that round and we've put a lot of time into working out exactly what we did wrong at the last two and we've actually come up with a bit of stuff that uh, that should help me in particular at, at Darwin. And Craig Lowndes talked about Team Vodafone's test at Queensland Raceway ahead of the Triple Crown. Uh, managed to get through a number of changes, make some new adjustments to the car. Scaife got a chance to get in the car and get comfortable, which was fantastic. Mark Scaife got some laps in the Triple Eight Commodore and was happy with his performance. Uh, I haven't driven here properly since the end of last year before Bathurst, so great to get some miles in. We've obviously got a lot of changes being made. Lounge too was happy with Scaife's progress. I was able to drive the car and, uh, and in his position, which is also a big benefit uh, looking forward to both Phillip Island and Bathurst. But Andy Prelude, Dirk Muller and Joey Hand have all been announced as international drivers drivers at the Gold Coast 600. All three were at Le Mans driving for BMW when the announcement was made. Prelu will rejoin Triple Eight, while Mueller and Hand will join Jim Beam Racing. All three spoke about heading to the Gold Coast. I think the hardest thing for, for Joey and for Dirk, you know, coming into the Aussie V8s is to get their head around the driving. Uh, the cars really, 
really has a lot of power. It doesn't stop so well. It doesn't like to turn. And uh, it's quite a challenge to feel the tyre for, for you know, the new guys. I mean, I struggle every year with the car. Well, to be honest, just talking about it makes me goosebumps. Um, it's a really big honour. It's uh, I'm really, really, you know, I'm, I'm really thrilled actually going there. Uh, my last experience um, from Australia was was very successful. It was uh, very good, and I like that race. I did. I heard it's an awesome venue. You know, I mean, it's. Uh, I'm thinking like Long Beach in the States, uh, something like that. For me, street racing is is one of the things. The Ipswich event has been announced as a three-race format, but with a new twist. Saturday's race will have a 20-minute qualifying session with race 16 of the championship over 22 laps. When the last car enters pit lane, a 15-minute countdown clock will start and the teams will prepare their cars for the second race of the weekend, which is another 22-lap race with the cars starting in the formation that they finished. On Sunday... The third race of the weekend will be a 200km race. Do you remember the V8 Supercar Supercard? It seems that the 2005 launch Visa and Mastercard, which was withdrawn from the market in 2007, is now at the centre of a legal battle. Simon Canning of The Australian revealed that the card, which was launched as a joint venture between V8 Supercars and WPS, seems to have hit the radar with legal papers being sent to V8 Supercars from the operator of the V8 Supercard company. They're claiming that V8 Supercards did not honour its contractual arrangements, which the card company believed cost up to $10 million in damages. V8 Supercards claims that the timing is curious with the series being recently sold to Archer Capital for $300 million. Watch this space as it could get interesting. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. Coming up, Jacob Black and Tom Worsley... On this week's White Flag Lap, we hear from Paul Morris on driver profiles in the Fujitsu series. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Randy Corners is on the road to Darwin, and unfortunately we have been unable to track down the legend in his own lunchtime, so we thought we'd give you a listen to our frosty Winterbottom on his big screen debut in Cars 2. My character in the movie is, um, is a car named Frosty who... We'll, uh, we'll meet Lightning McQueen, which is a pretty special opportunity for any car or any person, uh, at, a, at a conference or a party in, uh, in Japan. So there's everyone's there. Ferraris and the tires. Let's go. Oh, look at this. Okay, now, Mater, remember best behavior. You got it, buddy. Hey, what's that? Mater. Hey, McQueen. Over here, Lewis! Hey man, Frosty! Hey, Lightning! Can you believe this party? On the V8 supercar, 
um, Australian representative there. Hey! You done good, you got all the leaves. Check out that tow truck. Man, I wonder who that guy's with. Uh, will you guys excuse me just for one little second? I can relate to very well in, in about supercar land. We uh, have an engineer who, um, I have a mater who is my, uh, my main man and he chats to me on the radio and uh, it's a bond. If he gets it right, I get it right. If he doesn't get it right, I normally get it wrong as well. So um, I can absolutely relate to this, uh, to this friendship and this relationship that, that Lightning McQueen and Mater have. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week is from Speed TV and speedtv.com, of course. It's Jacob Black. Welcome back to the show, Jacob. G'day, Craig. How are you going? Not too bad. And V8 journalist Tom Worsley joins us once again. Good evening, Tom. Good evening, and uh, always a pleasure to be on the show, Craig. Well, we've got an interesting weekend ahead, heading up to Darwin, and uh, I love it. It's the only place in the world where two races make up a triple crown, Jacob. Uh, that's right, yeah, so two races except uh, except the return to the uh, top ten shootout. So I guess they're calling part of that crown the top ten shootout. How lame is it that you can call a point on a crown a top ten shootout, Tom? I... I can't figure it out, but it is great to see a top 10 shootout back in the V8 Supercar Championship. It's always a spectacle, but I don't think it's a crown. Mm, it's an interesting one because today they did announce that Ipswich was going to be a three-race format. You would think because the race in Darwin has been built around three races up until a couple of years ago, you'd think that that would naturally be the one that lends itself best, Tom, to being a three-race format. Well, I remember growing up that all races were, sorry, all events were three races. Why can't we go back to that format? Well, because it's rubbish. Okay. Not so. No, no, three race format is, is a horrible, horrible format. I'm, uh, uh, when, when we went away from that poxy three race sprint format and went to the current format, I was very, very happy and it made me upset and, and, it, you know, I wasn't happy with the with the news that it would go to three-race format in Perth. Now, I was wrong. It actually worked really well, and hopefully I will again in Queensland. But, um, no, three-race format is definitely was definitely not the way to continue for the development of the series. I guess this was going to be a gas-and-go question, but I'm going to bring it up into the main topic since we've got to it already, and that is we saw the IndyCar series this weekend have twin... 275 races, Jacob, and I know you love your Indy cars, and more importantly, that was two separate races with two different winners. Admittedly, it was on the same night, which makes it uh, a, a big change from what we see in V8 Supercars, but really, when is V8 Supercars going to wake up and say, we run twin 250s and we run twin 200s, we don't run 
the Clipsal 500 because the first year that happened, all the cars were broken after the first night and Tony was running up and down the pit saying, no, no, you can fix it, you can fix it, and turned it into a twin 250 event on that first day, uh, on that first Clipsal. This is what we've got, and it'd make it so much easier for you guys having to get it on TV, get it into the news, get it into the newspapers that, well, they won the 250, the first of the twin 250s. To me, it sounds immeasurably easier to sell. Oh, I think that's the case. I think a, a simpler race format definitely does make sense. Um, having said that, I mean, the money's always been on the Sunday. Sunday's always been the big day, and so I can understand why they want to maintain some prestige of the Sunday race, and that's why the Sunday is, is a bigger day of racing. I'm actually, I'm really happy with qualifying Saturday, racing on a short race on Saturday, qualifying Sunday, racing a short, uh, longer race on Sunday. I think that's a, a system that actually has worked really well. As long as they don't start doing stupid things like lottery draws for grid positions, like they did at that Twin 275 race uh, uh, in Texas on the weekend, um, I think that that it's, it's not a bad system. It's when they start having 28 different formats across the year that it gets difficult. And now, NASCAR get away with it for the pure fact that they they race every weekend. And so people are used to sort of having a slightly different race and it, they need to change it up and, and make it a bit different to, to keep the interest going because they race so often. But V8 Supercars doesn't need to do it. The format that they've got is really good and I don't really understand why they're running a three-race format. Tom, where's your feelings lie with this whole whole racing system where we can see that they've now decided that they can change race formats with the stroke of a pen both Perth and now Ipswich being changed in the course of this season I mean it's it's hard for the fans to follow but it does bring a new element to it, it there is the excitement of a different format and I guess, an opportunity for strategy to play out differently. I'm not a huge fan of having a qualifying session on Sunday. Um, I, I used to love seeing guys who had a shocker in the first race being able to work their way through the field over the next race if it was determined on the, the results of the, the previous race for the grid. So in some ways it's good because it gives, uh, it gives you a chance to make up for poor qualifying the day before, but it takes away seeing the hard chargers who have maybe made a mistake or got taken out working their way through the field. I think that's been lost over the last couple of years. Mm. It's a difficult one to balance, and as Jacob rightly said, you have got a situation where we like to compare our racing to NASCAR being the, the premium tin top racing series in the world but we've got something that's uniquely different because we run a race or races on Saturdays and Sundays we don't just have one feature race I've long been a proponent of have one feature race on Sunday have one feature Fujitsu race on Saturday and maybe qualifying then and that's our weekend is there any reason why we can't have that Jacob oh no, I, I guess um, um, 
the cynic in me says that the main reason why we run those two days is so that we can charge a bit more in uh, in appearance fees across the weekend. So I, I guess, yeah, you make a good point there. NASCAR does it really well with the Camping World Truck Series on the Friday or the Saturday when there's only one of them, the Nationwide Series the next day, and then the Sprint Cup Series. So I can see that that actually works really well, and maybe that's something that we could do uh, in V8 supercars, and, it w- and I think that would maybe even give a boost to the Fujitsu series. That would mean we don't have to have first-tier teams uh, bringing their big budgets down to that series. So maybe that could work a lot better. Um, I, I, I'd never heard that idea before. I really like it. I'm going to get behind it. All right, we'll have uh, we'll have all the friends of uh, Mark Webber who lambaste you every time you write a Grand Prix story now lambasting you for uh, taking my ideas on. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's, it's a tough life being a journalist. I got a birthday cake sent to the office here the other day. I didn't want to open the box. Uh, fair enough. And, uh, well, we've been loving your work anyway, particularly on the F1 stuff, Jacob. It has been uh, a lot of fun and particularly a lot of fun to see what your readers have to say as well. Tom, your thoughts on the, uh, well, on my format? I think you're going, if you have just the one feature race, you're going to see really good crowds on that one day but poor crowds leading up to it. So uh, I think the Fujitsu series might actually suffer as a result from that. They won't get the exposure that they're getting racing on the same days as the V8 supercars are. Again, with the support categories, there aren't too many diehard fans of the Touring Car Masters that would show up to see them on race on Friday and then return the next day for the Fujitsu series and then the next day for the... For the V8 supercars, I think you would more than likely see a decline. Sorry, a, a low figure for Friday, Saturday, and then just a, a spike on Sunday. Well, here's a thought. Don't worry about Friday. Just do Saturday, Sunday. So you have a couple of practice sessions in the morning. You have uh, Fujitsu qualifying, V8 supercar qualifying, Fujitsu main race, main race of the supports, and then a couple of, they even have a couple of, consolation races and shootouts building up to the big one big banger of a race at uh, on the sunday i think that would only work if the dri- if there were more events because the drivers are at adelaide were very critical of the amount of time they got in the car because they had a whole week of promo stuff leading up to the event and then only an hour in the car on friday so i think I don't think the drivers would be happy with that format and I'm not sure whether it does justice for the fans. Mm. An interesting one. Gas and Go time here on the V8 Insiders. Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Gas and Go is, of course, brought to you by V8X Magazine. Could Jamie Winkup do a Vettel choke this weekend in Darwin? And who's the V8 Supercars Jensen Button, Tom? I think it's possible, but the reliability of, of Winkup is just too strong. We saw him choke at Hamilton. It could happen again. Uh, and I think the one to watch out for would have to be Jason Bright. He's very strong on the soft tyre. Mm. I thought I'd bring some Grand Prix references into it just for you, Jacob. Oh, thanks very much. And look, um, I think that uh, the chance of, of Wincup doing a Vettel joke are pretty slim. But even if he does, all that's going to happen is the next 
round, is going to come back 16 times stronger than he did when he choked. I mean, it's, that, that's the thing about Win Cup is that he, when he does make a mistake, and they're, and they're so rare, it's infuriating for someone that wants to see someone different win. Um, you know, they're so rare. But when he does have that mistake, the next two rounds are so completely... He just blitzes people. And um, so, no, I, I, I don't think we'll see... Well, I don't think we'll see a Vettel-like choke, but even if we do, I don't think it'll be uh, a big drama in terms of the championship. Mm. If if I had any money on me at the moment, I'd be at the TAB putting on a win cup to win the championship right now. Mm. Um, Yep. Is Twitter and Facebook good or bad for V8 supercars? Because we saw in the Melbourne Football Club have a bunch of players signed where they criticised the tribunal, but do we really want to know what Dean Fiore thinks of dress shopping with his girlfriend or partner? Oh, well, the people that want to know about what Dean Fiore thinks about dress shopping with his partner are, are his friends and the people that are close to him, and so they follow him on Twitter for that reason and some of his hardcore fans. And the rest of us, well, we just don't read that, Pete, and we wait until he talks about racing, and then we, and then we engage with that. I, I'm a big fan of Twitter. I think that one of the best people that use Twitter in the world at the moment in world motorsport is Pippa Mann, who's a British uh, uh, IndyCar driver. She had her first full, full-blind IndyCar race at the Indy 500 up. Uh, a couple of weeks ago after winning in Indy Lights last year. She's a star on Twitter. She's always engaged with her friends and so is uh, Kevin Harvick and Elena Harvick. And so I think Twitter's got a got a big part to play in terms of improving driver relationship with fans and that can only be a positive thing. Um, and I don't think that we have to worry about you know some of the issues that AFL and league and everyone else have because well, our guys are better behaved. Mm, Tom? Twitter and Facebook is great for fans to get to know their drivers and you know who they follow. It's really hard to engage with them on a personal level, which Twitter allows them to do. Um, whether you know the dress shopping comment is well, if you don't want to know, simple, don't follow him. Or if um, you know, it's up to them what they post. It's if they think it's going to give their fans a bit of a giggle, then good on them. If if they think it's going to damage them, then simple, don't post it. Mm. Two cars at Dick Johnson Racing next year. Where do they get their second licence from, Tom? Uh, that one, I think, is a tough one. There's a lot of rumours floating around at the moment. Um, possibly... Uh, Possibly the third one from S- um, from Stone Brothers. I'm really not sure on that one. I think it's going to be crazy season at the end of the year. Tom, uh, Jacob, I got caught out on this. I thought next year they'd have to go chasing a wreck and and uh, and follow it up through the week. And I'm pretty sure that next year actually they're still allowed to use the Shukol license unless he unless he takes it. So um, so next year they're good. 2013. I think there'll be some people looking around. I think uh, probably. The, the most obvious fit in the whole field is uh, someone like a Dean Fiore to, and that wreck to come into the DJR fold and consolidate that way because I think he's sort of the last of the of the real genuine lone rangers out there unless unless Jonathan Webb and, and that wreck goes back into DJR. But it, they come with drivers already, so what happens to James Moffat? Uh, well, I think James Moffat uh, uh, goes or... Um, depending on what sponsorship deal and what deal he can do with 
with if it's a Dean Fiore wreck, then Dean Fiore might uh, might go. Okay, I've had enough now. I've had my time and 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 move on. Uh, otherwise, I think it's James Moffat uh, has to wait until one of the other teams pick him up and someone else drops out, whether it's a, a Michael Caruso or a or an Alex Davison or someone like that. Or or possibly even the Rod Nash entry with the Boglo and rumours of Paul Dumbro retiring at the end of the year again. Right, exactly, Tom. You're dead right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting times ahead. That's Gas and Go for another week. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Jacob and Tom will be back with plenty more right after the break here on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining me, Craig Ravel, is Jacob Black and Tom Worsley. And, guys, it's Derwin preview time. We sort of got off track a little bit there in the uh, first segment of the show. But, Darwin, it's an interesting race track. It's certainly the perfect place to be in the middle of winter when it's freezing down south. And we're going to see a mixture of tyres and a mixture perhaps, of finishes up in the top three positions if previous years are anything to go by. Tom, what are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to the warmth, that's one thing, but I, Darwin's one of my favourite tracks to watch just because of that 1.1 kilometre straight into a tight corner. You always see some really gutsy moves up the inside heading into turn one and a few guys going a little bit wide and... Um, taking a detour into the gravel trap, uh, again, from a gutsy move that didn't quite pay off. Jacob? The thing that's got me most excited about Darwin was the big, big grin on uh, on Will Davison's face on V8 Extra on the weekend when on the TV show where he said, uh, we're back on the hard tyre. And uh, and that was exciting to see how happy and enthusiastic he was. And, and that means that maybe we'll get to see FPR in the mix this weekend. And... And it'll be an interesting weekend because I think we'll have FPR in the mix on the Saturday, at least when they're on the hard tyre. Um, Jason Bright's still back in there. Um, HRT have, have had a lot of work going on in the background and, and some testing, so maybe they'll come back a bit stronger. I think it'll be a really great weekend where the depth in the field is even better than what it's been. Um, and we might see a different, a different winner in, in both races and it's just going to be an exciting weekend of racing. Mm, but let's face it, it's certainly wing cup territory, isn't it, Tom? Uh, I think if you if you look at last year's results, Mark Winterbottom took out the first race, but Jamie Wincup fought back in the second race. It's the whole country's Jamie Wincup territory. He's been strong <laughs> just a, he's been strong just about everywhere over the last couple of years, and um, you know I think it's just going to be a case of who can put together a package that can rival him and I think uh, the soft tyre race will be the interesting one on the Sunday. It's interesting too that uh, 
one of the stats I love about this track is Jason Bright has the fastest qualifying lap record and Jason Bright holds the race lap record. He did one in 2002 in a Commodore and he did the other in 1999 in a Falcon. I don't know that there'd be too many tracks in Australia where that sort of record stands. And with the current form of Brad Jones Racing, Tom, you have to give him great opportunity here to be able to mix it up on both sets of tyres. Definitely. And to be honest, I think they have the best uh, the best conservation of the soft tyre, even above Triple Eight. So I think definitely on Sunday... Jason Bright will be right up there. Their strategy seems to be working fantastically. I think in the first race, um, he'll probably he'll definitely be in the top five. The other one to watch out for this weekend is Alex Davison. He was strong last year at Hidden Valley, and I think this year he'll he'll come back strong. He's been pretty consistent up until now this year as well. Mm. Interesting with the mix-up we're going to see here, Jacob. Will Gary Rogers Motorsports be able to rebound from some lacklustre results? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, actually I say yes, and, and that's more my heart than my head talking. I, I hope so. I mean, it, that, that team, when they do well, it's good for the sport. So you've got to hope that they do. But, geez, they, I don't know what's happened. It's, it's, it's like they, they have flashes of brilliance and, and then it just sort of fade away. So I'm hoping that they do... Um, but I can't really see them doing anything spectacular at Hidden Valley. Mm. Not until we get to the street circuits again anyway. Uh, it's an interesting time ahead. Winners from both of you guys now. We'll put you on the spot. Tom first. Uh, Jamie Wincup, race one. Jason Bright, race two. Mm, interesting one there. What about you, Jacob? Oh, he stole it from me, so I'll just flip it. Jason Bright, race one, and... Uh, uh, actually, no, sorry, I'm going to go um, Will Davison, race one, and Jamie Winkup, race two. All right, I've got Stephen Richards on Sunday and Jason Bright on Saturday, if anyone cares. Did you say Stephen Richards? Stephen Johnson, didn't I say? Uh, you, you oh, I thought you said Stephen Richards. Well, I have actually done that in an interview with Stephen Johnson too, and it is just as embarrassing then. <laughs> Guys, thanks for joining us. We look forward to some great racing this weekend at Darwin. Thanks very much, Craig. The white flag lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's Y-Flag Lab, we hear from Paul Morris, who talks about Fujitsu Series and more particularly, about how drivers can get an image in the sport. You don't need big backing, you don't need a lot of cash to, to run in that series. Um, obviously it helps, but at the end of the day, if you've got a bunch of you know, boring people driving race cars, it's not going to happen, so it's up to the drivers to, to make some names for themselves. And you know, the, the guys in the Fujitsu series are, are going to emulate themselves and the guys that 
are on the you know in the main series now they're just not going to get there someone's got to get a personality you got to got to get some personalities out there and into the sport and people will follow it how do you go about cultivating personalities though when from a very young age when you race carts you're told don't say too much your sponsors want this your sponsors want that how do you how do you let or how do you get to a position where the guys can feel comfortable that money isn't going to affect what they say or what they say isn't going to be affecting the money uh, yeah, you, you've got to look outside the square and try and find a sponsor who's interested in getting some publicity. Um, so, you know, I've, from uh, the good fun we have with Nick Perkett over in Perth, I've pulled a sponsor for three rounds because the guy thought it was the best thing he's ever seen in his life and wants more of it. So, you know, people aren't interested in seeing the same story and got to do something different. With that whole shenanigans over in Perth, has your view of uh, a lot of these younger drivers changed? Yeah, most of them are pretty good kid, but Nick's just a gutless little turd that needs to toughen up. You know, he can't even talk about. It. He's got Gartander walking around beside him like he's his bodyguard. So um, it's a shame that that they silenced him you know it would have been a great opportunity for him to come out and and stand on his own two feet and tell it like it is but said they just silenced him and uh yeah he needs to get out from under their wing and become nick perkat he's capable of doing it just needs to toughen up a bit my thanks to paul morris jacob black and tom worsley as the chair flag waves over another edition of the v8 insiders till next time round keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.